All right, we are live. I got Ed on the other line, and Ed has been uh, a copywriter for many years, uh, and also he works with a lot of the big personal brands that you've probably heard of on, in the online space. So, Ed, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, man. I'm super excited to be doing this with you. Cool. So, uh, just a quick intro. I mean, how would you describe what you do to non-marketing people? And how would you describe what you do to kind of like the more direct response people? Dude, <laughs> non-marketing people, I, I used to like, it's so hard to describe what, what you do to non-marketing people. Like, obviously, you know that. Um, yeah. Lately, I've been having fun with it and being like, I'm unemployed. <laughs> and then just seeing people's responses, just because like, it's, it's funny because they go, oh, okay. And they kind of like laugh about it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Um, basically, I'm a, I'm a marketing consultant. Um, and then that takes off the box yeah. enough in their head to go, okay, I can put this guy in, in a category. I just say, I just, you just say digital marketing and they go, oh, okay, that's all I, that's all exactly. I have to know. But what I actually do is I work specifically with coaches, consultants, and people in the information space, um, and consult on the messaging funnels and offers. Um, I've done it with dozens of seven figure brands last few years, made my clients tens of million dollars in sales. Um, so. It's just consulting these days. Yeah, I haven't, done, right. I haven't done, a done for you client in like two years, I think. Right. Yeah, I, I totally get that because if you were to say that to like a, a non-marketing person, like I, I make VSLs, I do funnels, it just like yeah. doesn't really make sense. Um, Not at all. <laughs> but cool, man. I mean, uh, so you mentioned there that you work with a, lot, a ton of the seven to eight figure personal brands out there. Um, what would you say... It, like a, we, we all know an offer is something that's very important for them to kind of scale up their business and you've worked inside these businesses. Um, so what would you say are kind of like most common mistakes that people make with crafting an offer that sells? It's a great question. Um, the biggest thing is that most people just try and copy and paste an offer from someone else. Um, I mean, we're, if you've been in the high ticket space for any period of time and no shade, if this is what you do, if it works, but a lot of people are just told do a 12 week program, 16 week program, make it, you know, 6,800, put a like, you know, 800 at the end of it or whatever it is to increase the price. Um, make it like 3k, 5k, 10k, whatever it's, that price is going to be and then promise an outcome in 90 days and then upsell. The thing is, um, the market is not, the market no longer rewards, from my experience, length of time. In a program, they value speed of results. And people correlate the time to result with the time frame of the program. And this is, again, this is talking purely about program. This isn't about done few services. That's a very different game. Right. Um, so for example, I had a 90 day program, uh, rather if I had a 90 day program where I'm like, Hey, you know, I'll help you, you know, fix your messaging for your business. And I had that for a few, you know, a few months and I was having a very, very hard time selling it because people think that, you know, you need 90 days to fix your messaging that they, they think that's what it all encompasses. Um, and then I switched it to, Hey, we'll do three calls and we'll fix your messaging. And I made it half the price of the 90 days 
give or take. But it sold way more. So I like increased the amount of money I made by like four or five X and like decreased my workload significantly. And it sold way more because people just want that faster result. Um, I mean, I, there's so many things with mistakes with offers if you want to dive into it. But um, the biggest one is not tweaking it to the nuances of your market. Um, and instead, just like making cookie cutter because no one likes that. Yeah, and that totally makes sense. You know, you get people hacking funnels and all of that. So, I mean, like, what what, what are the kind of consequences there if you just copy and paste offers are out there? Like, what, what would that look like for the business owner? So I'll give you the word. I'll give you two options. Actually, there's three options. Um, all are very, very bad options. Four is like, it, it can be good. Actually, no, there's only three options. My bad. Three options. <laughs> First option is, and this is the, the best, is it works really, really well. But the thing is, because you didn't, you don't understand the psychology of it, you don't know why it worked well. And so when, the, when market conditions change, as they have, mm-hmm. and will continue to do so, people fail. And the fall is hard. Like I've, I've had personal friends of mine um, who they swipe the, just do the webinar, just charge 10 K, just make it 90 days. And they did that, you know, have a money back guarantee or work with you free till you do offer guarantee. And, you know, they're, they started business 2017, 2018, you know, when webinars were big, Facebook ad was, ads were cheap, you know, everyone wanted to be on a webinar. Um, and then because it was a one trick pony, you know, Last year, 2020, you know, 2023, 2022, uh, last couple years, their business were still making 100K a month, but they were only like, they went from keeping 40 to 50 down like 10 to 20 a month because increased team, increased ad spend, increased, you know, um, cost to acquire a customer because they're more skeptical because they want your ponies. And so the best outcome is that it works really well for you. Until it doesn't, because you don't know what the fuck you're doing and why it actually worked in the first place. Obviously, there's going to be a small minority of people who are actually able to learn and figure out why it worked really well and then be able to iterate off of it, which is, again, the very, very few minority. Um, But I see these people just, they come crumbling from their business and then they switch to other opportunities completely where they're like, you know, now they're back to making 10, 20K a month, they're a a consultant Mm -hmm. or they're like, um, you know, doing crypto or, AI or making a SaaS. And again, that's fine, but they don't know why it worked in the first place. So now they have no way to replicate their success anyway. So they feel like a right. failure because their identity and their material success is up here and their actual skill set and understanding is down here. And it's very it's a lot of cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Uh, so, so what that, would a what what would you say is like what would a skilled marketer do in that situation? Uh a skilled marketer would look at why it came crumbling down, what is working now and what the market trends are and what the general feedback from the market is. The problem is most people will just look at what's working right now in terms of like their own business, but then they don't look at what could be better and then they don't look at what could be optimized and they don't look at how the market's giving them feedback. They go, this is good enough. Let's just keep pumping this. So it works, so it doesn't. 
And so I've seen eight-figure businesses um, come crumbling because they don't actually adapt to market conditions because they don't know what the hell is actually going on outside of their offer. So that's scenario number one is actually goes well. Right. Scenario number two um, is it works really, 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 really poorly. Um, and it just doesn't work at all because you don't know what you're doing. That's it. Uh, and so you have to keep trying. And then scenario number three is it works well enough, but the problem is you're now in a business that is not as woo as it sounds aligned to your energy and your creative potential and how you like to deliver it, which I've been a big proponent of lately is um, just because it works for them doesn't mean it'll work for me. Uh, so perfect example is I hate group coaching. I fucking hate group coaching. I've made the, some of the most amount of money in my life by selling group coaching programs, like for my own offers. And so I did that for a long time, but it burnt me out because I had to hold people accountable. I had to be the cheerleader. I had to like try and go rah, rah, you can do it. And then like try and convince people to stop playing business and actually go take the actions. And they're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, why am I not getting results? It's like, dude, fucking cause you're not doing shit. That's why I, that burned me out so hard and made me hate, hate what I do, even though it's the most amount of money I've ever made. So the third option is it goes well, but because you've just copy and pasted an offer from someone else, you are, you haven't adjusted how you deliver that offer or how you sell it to be aligned to what your natural inclinations and tendencies are for me. It's to, and I was actually having this discussion with Russ Rafino um, on in my in my comments like yesterday, where I'm like, hey, I'm not built to have a big scaled up business. You know, maybe I'll have a book or like you know a large audience, but what, like I work intimately with people. Like I only want to have like three to five clients really at a time, maybe ten like max, and that's on like a biweekly consulting basis. Um, like that's it. And I work super, super deep with those people. And then the rest of my day, dude, I work like half an hour to two hours a day, maybe, maybe three, right. if I'm pushing, you know, but I value my autonomy and personal freedom and lifestyle so much. And this model allows me to do that because I'm not having to constantly check in on my clients and go, Hey, are you fuckers doing your work today? Like, so I've, I've evolved into a higher sophisticated market and a, you know, better client who's actually got stuff going for them versus like someone who's just starting, um, which is what people tell you you should do. So I, I've moved away completely from what, from what everyone told me I should do. And now I'm way happier working way less and making way more. So was, that's the outcome of the third option. Right. Was there a specific time or experience that made you realize that, you know, you're not looking for a, a huge scale business. You're looking more of a smaller team where you're working intimately. Dude. So I, I remember, um, so this was back when I was with my ex-girlfriend. I was, um, I was in Dubai for two and a half months in the summer uh, to get a, a visa to live with her in the UK. And if you know Dubai in the summer, it is 38, 39 degrees Celsius at night, which Damn. is like, hold on. That's freaking hot. That's what it is. Yeah, 102 Fahrenheit at night. Goddamn. Um, and like Miami Beach muggy sweaties like like a like a steam room basically um and i remember the group model was so scalable like i was pulling in tons of cash working with copywriters 
Um, and I made a lot of good money and I, I made some good connections and some of them are like still clients of mine today and we work one on one and I love a lot of them, but like, I fucking hated how I, how that work was. So I remember, dude, I was in Dubai for two, two and a half months, even though it was super leveraged and what I was doing, how I was doing, I hated it. I hated having to hold people accountable. I hated having to say, Hey, did you do your KPIs today? I hated having to. Um, answer lower level or beginner questions. And again, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just, they're not for me. Right. Um, and so even though I was working half an hour a day and then playing like, you know, video games like Elden Ring and Teamfight Tactics and stuff like on my phone to pass the two and a half months waiting for this fucking visa to be approved, um, I burned out. How do you burn out in half an hour a day? So, it's, so I realized it's not about the work that you do. It's about the energy behind the like and, and, and how you do it, the work. I'm in theory working way more now than I was back then, you know, instead of half an hour a day, it's half hour to two or three hours a day. You know, it's, you know, it's a big difference. <laughs> um, but now I love showing up for my clients. I love the work that I do with them. I love when someone says, Hey, Ed, I have this new funnel. We want to launch. Can we get your eyes on it before it goes live? Yes, absolutely. Hey, Ed, I have this idea. I want to soundboard off of you. Can you please let me know what you think? Yes. I'd love to do that. With you. But, but that's, that sounds so much fun. Um, so it's, it's really is about, how you do the thing, not just what you do. Right. So group coaching, not for you, but the no. clients that you work with, they probably have one-on-one -on -one consulting, group coaching programs, high ticket courses. Oh, yeah. You have, and, and you said that, you know, you were able to sell group coaching, like, like it, it was very easy for you. Would you, is there like a specific framework that you run by when you're helping um, other coaches and consultants sell their group coaching, just kind of like high level? Mm -hmm. Good question. Let me think. I, I guess at which, because there's different stages of the process. Uh, I guess I'll give you my, my general way of thinking. Maybe you can ask a, a question that dives deeper in one of those. Um, my general way of thinking is I look at, first of all, I look at what the big bottleneck is. It's a, it's a very diagnostic process. A lot of the time a client will come to you and be like, hey, I have this problem with, let's say, my ad copy. Like, I don't think I'm getting enough clicks here. And I'm like, okay, let's have a look. So I go through all the funnel metrics because uh, as intuitive as my process is, I still make just so I still diagnose off of metrics, but then use into my intuition and experience to actually figure out what the problem is and how to fix it. Um, so let's say a client will be like, actually, perfect example, I was talking over my clients the other day. Um, and, and he was saying that he, um, He's getting people to book. So basically this client has a, a cold traffic VSL funnel and they want to decrease the cost per call booking. Right. Um, and he is able to get calls booked on the front end, but then like when they, you know, from the ad, but then via email, they can't book at all. Like, like no right. one's booking through email. And so we dug into it for like, like I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes on the phone, figuring it out. And I realized it was literally like the reason why people were not booking um, through email is because he wasn't mentioning the opportunity because it's bizarre. He wasn't mentioning the opportunity of what it, of what they were selling in the email. So they'd be like, hey, if you want to know how to make an extra two, three, five K a month, um, book a call with my team here. Now, if you're selling B2B, that's a bit different and it works well because they already have a business and they can make sense. But for like the average person, 
the people who are going to click on that is going to be someone who is like an MLM, like, hey, you know, comment the word info below, right? Yep. And they'll just do it. But so show up rate was 50%, close rate, they booked 32 calls, half show up rate, and no one, no one closed. So I was like, right. okay, so something's wrong here. And so I found out that they didn't have a, a, an email indoctrination sequence in place. And these people pretty much all hadn't watched the VSL talking about the opportunity. And so this client, what I'm having him do now, he's testing it right now, is going and testing messaging where he actually, in every single email for the next two to four weeks, I said, we're going to run a re-education campaign and we are going to look at their email, talk about what this opportunity is, how it works, why it works, why it's better than drop shipping, uh, you know, Shopify, uh, affiliate marketing, cold calling, high ticket sales, yada, 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 yada. Um, and educating on like what it is and how they can make money doing it and why it's a smart decision. And, you know, cause then once they know what the opportunity is, then they can book calls and it makes sense. Cause the, the framework of how I think about it, and this will be, you'll, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Kevin. I think, um, the way I look at the funnel is each step is meant to bring them to a different level of, of market awareness. So right. in, let's sense. say in the email, um, in this case, they were only problem. They were only like uh, problem aware, meaning they just say, "Yeah, I want to make money." Right. So you click on the email. Email goes, "Okay, cool. If you want to make money, click here. Go to the VSL. VSL then teaches them the opportunity. The opportunity is to um, be like, I'm not going to re reveal the opportunities, but basically it's like being like a, a service provider for um, right. online for online like coaches, for example, right? Yeah. Um, and then they're sold on that opportunity. And then they get on the sales call where they're sold on the offer. But you see yeah. how it's very sequential like that? Mm -hmm. So what was happening was he was trying to take it from their problem aware because they haven't been sold the, you know, the solution or the opportunity yet and turn it over to offer. To take something from problem to offer and high ticket does not work. It needs to be problem, solution, offer. So that's that's the general framework that I think of it as. It's diagnostic, so we, we figure out what the problem is, and then we go about creating a solution for it versus just at face value, hey, you know, um, you have a problem with your with your ad copy, let's say. Okay, cool, we're just gonna yeah. work on that. Or you have a problem with your uh, your landing page. Okay, we'll just work on that. So it's a very diagnostic process. That's super useful. Um, and and we were kind of talking about this before in the call too, where you know your your kind of superpower, your genius is coming to businesses that are already established. Yeah. Right. Optimizing what they already have going on. So you've seen dug into a ton of different personal brand businesses. Where do you see uh, a lot of missed opportunities in these businesses? Like, what are the most common things that you see? Dude, okay. So this is I haven't talked about this much, but it's <laughs> fucking sexy. Hope you're ready for it. Um hold on. I'm I'm pulling up the one sec. So this is my this is one of my favorite ones. Um this is a more tactical one. So okay. uh do you know seventh level like Jeremy Miner? Yeah. Okay. Sales. So sales, uh he's a sales sales coach, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of his sales reps reached out to me a few, like maybe a couple months ago, and he was saying that he wanted to convert more of his of his calls into clients and sales, right? More commission. Yep. And so I helped him set up a no sale win back campaign 
so basically, um, I, I helped him put together like a really, really simple post sales call email sequence for prospects who would say no. And right. like within days of the sales call and they said, Hey, no to the offer, they would rebook them back on the phone and book them on AK sales. That one, that that's, that's my favorite. Like that's a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. People, as soon as someone says no, they think that's it. There's yeah. so much more deeper going on behind the scenes. If you can like actually, you know, address those things, like it's, it's so simple. Right. Um, that's the biggest one. Yeah. Because uh, I, th- I think that's the mentality there with a lot of sales reps. They, they think it's a one shot close and yeah. nobody can close a hundred percent. Right. And there's a lot, but let's say if you do close 20%, there's still 80% there. Um, but I mean, like dig into more of that. Like, why do you think that is with businesses? Why? I mean, it makes sense follow up with the unconverted leads, but why don't more people do that? You think it's a great question. Um, which is actually funny because it brings me to my second point of missed opportunity (laughs) is, uh, people, just like you said, like people are very transactional where it's like, I create my content to literally get people to buy. And that's it. If you don't buy, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. Go fuck yourself. Hope your family gets chlamydia. (laughs) like it's aggressive oh uh, amazing please do thank you you. (laughs) um so they they're so focused on getting the sale that if and when they don't they just move on the thing is um the reason why i've created the success that i have for myself and for my clients is because um I balance their more masculine approach with the more feminine approach. So instead of like go out and, you know, sell, 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 I add seduction. Come back and talk to me. Like creating mystique, creating a persona, creating, or maybe not creating persona, but at least creating a personal brand or, or bringing out the elements that make somebody intriguing. Um, and so the, so the reason why most people will just do this, like, as I call it, buy or unsubscribe mentality, where it's like, Hey, like, you know, you're never going to buy anyway. Fuck you, which to an extent is true. Um, but for someone who like, was going to book a call, maybe not, uh, because they're so short sighted on how do I make cash today, tomorrow, next month that they forget about how to make cash six months, a year, two years, three years, five years from the same person. Like, Almost everyone I've been in business with, we've been working together for at least one, two, three, five years. Right. Just long-term relationships. Um, And I think people just don't think of it that way. They just think in terms of how do I get this client as fast as possible? And if they're not willing to buy right now, then they never will. And that may or may not be true. There's definitely a lot of tire kickers and people who just like want free advice. And that's very apparent. Um, but there's a lot of people who are like on the fence and just need more time to build that relationship. And that's who I personally market to. Cause in, in my head, there is, um, you're familiar with 80, 20, right? Yep. Okay. So there's 10% of the market that is never going to buy no matter how hard you try. There's 10% of the market who will always buy. Even if you offer is shit, there's that 80% in the middle who is very skeptical and they need long-term seduction and nurturing and um relationship building that's who i market to and so if you think about it that is literally why when most people run a campaign for the first time to their audience or even to cold traffic you know out the gate the sales start pumping that's your 10 percent who just will buy because it's there Mm -hmm. 
but they're not ready for the 80% of lead nurturing where it's creating content, having relationships, you know, building goodwill, building value, uh, shifting beliefs over the long period of time. Um, they just want the instant gratification of saying, Hey, we had a record launch month this month, but then they burn out their audience. They burn out their list because all they're doing is selling. Right. Um, I've seen a lot of businesses where this has been the case where they just, if you're doing low ticket stuff, it's a bit different, but I feel like for high ticket personal brand, um, if you're just doing sell, 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 it feels transactional because at the high ticket level, it is a person to person game. It's, it's like the way I describe it. It's like, it's like the, the friend who only ever texts you whenever they need something. (laughs) Like you don't want to respond to that person. Right. That's who most people appear as if they sell in every single email or every single piece of content, or it's clear that they're just there to sell. Right. What's your digging a little bit more into that, you know, the relationship building, like what's your philosophy on that and how do you kind of do that tactically? And also like, what's your philosophy on that? So for me personally, when it, there's there's two ways to oh, there's two ways to build a relationship there's in your posts and in the dms and obviously like you know we're actually talking to people mm-hmm. um in your in your posts actually i'll i'll, I'll rephrase the categories because I, I like this better you have one to many and one to one those are your two ways of, of building a relationship your one to many should be your personal brand that's just you are you're showcasing what you've done, your track record, your history, you're teaching, you're, you're dismissing, um, I'm dismissing, you are busting myths, you are helping shift the way people think. Um, and a relationship is built because people want to be closer to and uh, appeal to status and authorities. Celebrity, you know, like, it's like a parasocial relationship. It's like everyone feels like they know Kim Kardashian, but she's like, who the fuck are any of you guys, right? That's parasocial relationship. So when you can mix, let's say, 80% authority with 10, 20, 30% personality, humor, uh, and your personal values and stories, that's when a real relationship is made. Because you're not just the expert authority, the guru at the top of the mountain that's unreachable. People don't like people don't resonate with that anymore. We're we're I mean, I don't, even, I don't know if you've noticed, but like all the biggest brands on, let's say, TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, majority of them are no longer the fine-tuned polish. It's more like vlog style stuff now, like yep. Sam, uh, Sam Selleck and like, uh, it's like, like, like Casey Neistat vibes. Um, people want more raw now because they've tired of the, you know, polished stuff. So instead of just trying to be this big guru on the top of the mountain, you showcase your personal values. You showcase your personal life a little bit. You know, don't have to div- divulge everything. Like, hey, I got divorced. You don't, you know, don't have to talk about that if you want to. Um, but you know, for me personally, I'm big into astrology. I'm big into human design. Big into gene keys. I'm big into, um, you know, David Hawkins and raising your vibration, your consciousness, and you know, meditation. Um, for my kind of person, they love that, and that actually brings them closer to me. And even like, for example, really like really random fun things. Um, dude, you have no idea when I post about video games, I have seven and eight figure business owners in my DMS talking about video games <laughs> with me. And then usually then it becoming clients. Um, that's not why I do it. Cause that's, cause it's just, it's an expression of who I am. Right. Um, but you know, it, it, it's a level of, Oh shit, this guy, I like, this guy's a person. I can relate to this person. Um, and 
perfect example the other day i made banana bread and one of my clients you know dm he was like holy shit is it's, it's it's a fully grown man he's like holy shit dude i love banana bread bro i was like yo fucking say man yeah right <laughs> like i so i i so that's a different tactic i i use not like because it's a tactic but i teach it i call it dm lubricant where you just yeah. post about personal things that someone can relate to and talk about outside of business and then the you know you develop the relationship on the one-on-one basis like i mentioned and then it becomes a client a prospect whatever right um and so so that's that's personal brand that's one to many one to one building relationships is you know in the dm somebody will reach out to be like hey ed i love your work man thank you so much and if they say that i'll go back and forth and say hey you know what do you appreciate about the work i do thank you so much it's nice to hear that and then sometimes they'll tell me about what you know they'll tell me about what they're about what they're about other times we'll talk about random shit like you know banana bread or video games and we'll just like chit chat and if i like them a lot like i'll say hey dude you want to hop on a call and shoot the shit for half hour or play some video games or do whatever and it's like yeah let's do it and then we chat and that's it um and then those people can become clients or they become friends i'm a so this is where my business model is very different from everyone else's um my philosophy is friend first client second love that so i always make people into my friends first and they then they usually end up becoming a client at some point okay. but i become friends with them because i want to become friends with them then being a client is just a, a bonus mm-hmm. love that so much to unravel, unravel there man i mean relationship building and you know like just tactically as well, like how to turn that turn them into a client. So you got you kind of help clients do this as well, right? Taking a look at their branding, uh, their their funnel and all of that. Yeah. So so if someone's having a hard time, let's say converting organic leads or well any leads really, um, like I can look at their their profile, I can look at their content, look at their emails, and I can tell them exactly what's going on um, in like half a second. It's just I've just done so much. But I can say, hey, you know, the reason why you're actually attracting these bad leads is because your messaging is off because you're attract you're you're talking to a lower level, um, you know, not low level, but a, a person who's earlier on in their journey. You need to be using words that relate to later in the journey. For example, right? Um, that's a perfect example that is yep. always applicable. Right. Yeah, I, I see. It. It's probably a lot of years of just taking a look at other brands who kind of like spot that. So. If you are interested in kind of seeing what Ed does, uh, follow him on Facebook. He's on Twitter now, shit posting, uh, and he's got his uh, new email list as well. So, uh, can you tell people where they can find that? For sure. So it's my first and my last name dot com. So E D R E A Y dot com. Edray dot com. Okay, and that's your email list there. And uh, yeah. I'll plug in the uh, email list and also Twitter as well. Um, so if you run a personal brand, um, looking to scale it up, comment below or message Ed here as well. Any last words, anything that uh, you want to leave for the people? Yeah. If you do things the way that everyone else does, you'll get the results that everyone else gets. And the, the unfortunate reality is most people are broke, confused, and depressed. So don't be them. <laughs>